Wartet er länger. You're a legend, Fred. We're all legends. Hey, this is Nate Hammond for Tonic Pop, and we are back as movie bros in the podcast lounge room. And with me today, we have Luke the Jukebox Ormsby. <laughs> that will, uh, that will, that's an appropriate nickname. It'll make for sense later. Today. It will make sense later. <laughs> um, yes. So today, actually, we just want to, uh, you know, before we start talking about our favorite five, and we're going to vamp off the um, of this, and you'll see what we why and what we mean in a moment. But we just want to pay a little bit of a, a nod of respect to the late great Chadwick Boseman, um, who passed away last month or in August rather, so um, two months ago. Yeah. The uh, most notably known, of course, for his for the Black Panther and for his role in the Black Panther but a great actor across many films. Yeah. Um, uh, more recently, 20, 21 Bridges, Get On Up, of course, about James Brown, uh, 42, about Jackie Robinson. That was a great movie. Mm. What else is there? Message from the King, Marshall, The Five Bloods was a more recent one. All great films. Um, I think I most recently saw him in 21 Bridges. He was a great guy, and and from all from what you can, you know, he didn't want the world to know that he had cancer. Even he kept it hidden, yeah. right? Um, Seems that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, some stories that are coming out from his co-workers, you know, since his death, the sort of stories that he was just keeping under the covers and just not wanting to get out there because he's just quite a humble guy. But um, I read recently that um, an interview with Sienna Miller, who starred with him in Twenty One Bridges, she was a new mum and she didn't know if she had time for it and so she asked for a certain amount of money that would uh give her the freedom that she needed yeah. to be able to to work on this film afforded to be able afforded to, to be able to do so he actually took a a pay cut and gave her that cut um you know so that she could come on board with the mm. film so he was that type of guy yeah um so all around nice guy and it's a shame you know you it's it's a shame when you saw the the images of him in his last days it's unbelievable yeah it is because it came as such a shock sad. no yeah. one had no, no one idea. that wasn't close to him knew right i thought it was fake news when i first yeah. when someone told me i was like no there was, some, <laughs> there was some awful memes that came out when his picture was being revealed before yeah. it was revealed that he had cancer about him being a crackhead and stuff like that what do they call him crack panther or something stupid i heard like something that. Yeah. yeah um but but now we know that he actually had um passed away at the age of 43 after a four-year battle four-year battle with colon cancer so what a legend yeah definitely um great actor i think uh a relatively short career Mm. but um he's got some great entries in there and um i think some really solid performances like i think he's his his performances like his acting he did quite a few biopics or yeah. acted in quite a few biopics and um he just uh prominently i think or predominantly yeah. um biopics seems to be that seems way. yeah but yeah just a really good just a, a good solid actor and right. um i think it's too soon you know like he would have done a lot more and it, you know it's sad to lose to lose someone uh that young mm. but 
I mean, yeah. So as you said, Jackie Robinson, he started. Yeah. And, um, uh, James Brown, of course. Um, it was actually uh, the movie Fred I was. Marshall. And uh, the other movie I was trying to think of was it was earlier on in his career, but uh, The Express was that movie about. Um, oh yeah, you mentioned it the other day, and I was trying to remember yeah. what you were talking about. Right. And um, he played. Sorry, he played Floyd Little in that, but right. um, he was a smaller part. But that was the movie about a football hero, Andy Davis. Right. Um, and he was the first African American to win win the Heisman Trophy, and uh, so he played a small part in that as well, mm. which is another biopic. So, um, but also a really good movie because he was predominantly in uh, biopics you know uh, especially ones based on the lives of sort of prominent African-American yeah. um, historical figures uh, we thought that was kind of kind of cool that he chose to represent real life people mm-hmm. and one of his later biopics of course was James Brown one of his later biopics was his one of his biopics was his James Brown and so we thought, okay, that would be a cool theme when we're wondering what theme to do today for our favorite five. And so we thought, hey, let's do our favorite five music biopics. Um, but once again, um, R.I.P., uh, rest in power, Chadwick. What a, what a great guy. And I can't wait to finish your catalog of films for myself. Uh, you know, I haven't been able to watch them all yet. I've watched uh, a good majority of them. Um, but I can't wait to get through. I haven't seen Thurgood Marshall yet, so I'm looking forward to Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. And I haven't seen Get On Up yet either which obviously the one we just talked about about james brown mm. um which i really want to see mm. so um i watch that he's got a couple of movies that um are still well post-production yeah he has he's had one that was completed uh according to imdb mm. uh, Rainey's black bottom um oh yeah which i guess was supposed to come out this year or it is coming out this year right. it's a netflix movie that's coming out and then there was one <sighs> I'm not sure if he's actually in. It looks like it's it was in pre-production, so he might not be in it in the end. But one called Yasuke, which Yasuke, which is a true story about us. This one is a biopic. Right. <laughs> true story of a 16th century warrior Yasuke, and hmm. his quest for redemption and honor. The only known samurai of African origin. Wow. Becomes entrenched in a struggle for for control of feudal Japan. So, oh, man, that'll be cool. To me, that sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> man, that'll be cool. But, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, if it was still in pre-production, then mm. unfortunately he won't be in it. But, um, okay. but, yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that one. All right. Okay, cool. So we're going to do our favorite five. We almost went just biopics, but then, again, too big a Too broad. Field. Too broad. <laughs> So we've gone with our favorite five music biopics. All right. So you ready for it? I'm ready. Let's do it, Luke. It's still what's your hard. Number, what's your number five? I <laughs> know, oh, I've had it hard too. What's your number five? Okay, I've got my number five is Bohemian Rhapsody. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? enjoyed the show. I also write songs. Our lead singer just quit. Then you'll need someone new. I love the way you move on stage. The whole room belongs to you. 
you see what you could be. No one will play us on the radio. We need to get experimental. Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. Do it again. One more. How many more Galileos do you want? Roger, there's only room in this band for one hysterical queen. Mark these words. No one will play a queen. Fortune favours the bold. Freddie, concerning your private life. What more do you need to know? I make music. Uh, that's my number five as well. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss it together. That's cool. Here we go. All right. Let's do it. Here we go again. Forensic. <laughs> um, yeah. What was it about? <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is the story of Queen. Queen? Who's that? The so, Queen? yeah. Um, so, Queen, obviously, the music group mm-hmm. or the band. Um, and it follows their... I guess their full story, really. Well, the story way, of yeah. Freddie Mercury's kind of part of the of the band, and hmm. um, and it, it follows his life a bit more closely. Um, I I love the movie. I think um, it's an interesting it's an interesting watch because you know it tells the story of you know one of the most iconic bands, and um, I th- it, from what I can tell, it's not a hundred percent accurate mm. but what they wanted what they wanted from the movie was to give you the overall feeling of what of what happened at the time yeah, I so and I, I think it accomplished that yeah. um and yeah uh Remy? <laughs> Remy Malik, yep. uh amazing performance yeah. as Freddie Merc- Freddie, uh, Freddie Mercury mm. um and the other guys too like um every single one of them gave a really like, good performance oh yeah yeah so were you are you a, were you a big queen fan before bohemian rhapsody yeah yeah yep. okay yeah so it's same and i had but i think i feel like the albums on cassette yeah <laughs> <laughs> um a couple on disc i was uh i i probably came became a bigger fan i became a fan of queen probably a bit later mm-hmm. like i knew all their songs obviously growing up in right, the 80s right. and 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 liked them but um I didn't own a Queen album until a bit later. The albums were just like, I mean, they're so prolific as Mm. well. So they had, see, it's a hard one because I know there's a lot of, it's a little bit controversial to even have it on the top five list because because it was so, um, I I guess you had one party that said they wanted the the dirty, gritty nastiness as part of it. But this was a, a, a project, a pet project from the surviving members of Queen. So to me, I argue, whatever the hell they want, they get. That's their story <laughs> yeah. to tell, right? And if they want to tell it this certain way, and so they wanted to focus on the, the music. Yeah. That was the whole point of it. Like they said, it's the music that made us who we are. Yeah. You know, not um, sexual exploits or whatever. Like that doesn't, yeah. you know, that's not what people are not, didn't are not liking us following us are fanatical about us because of that no so you know we don't need to use that sort of exploitative sort of stuff yeah um, exploitative stuff to to sell a story we just want to focus on the music and that's what they did and that's the argument from me anyway and so for me like if i start at the end so live aid is notable the queen's performance at live aid is noted as one of the greatest if not the greatest yeah. live performances ever right their 1985 live aid performance ever and you watch it go and watch it now even on youtube and 
even though you know the imagery is kind of it can be feel dated because the cameras have improved and all that sort of stuff but mm. um but you watch it and you just watch freddie mercury's performance right and he's just got everyone in the palm of his hand he's doing radio gaga and you've got a hundred thousand people there or however many people and mm. it's just when you get like we're in a band and i know and i've gone to so many performances and it, the way it works is that the people at the front are the most fanatical and then it just Engaged, sort of yeah. slowly disperses right to the people are just there and then some people are just listening at the back and yeah, yeah yeah some people even chatting whatever but this man from front to back every single person within the palm of his hands and doing mm. exactly what he wanted and chanting exactly what he wanted them to chant yeah. and anyway so so to cut it cut it short i could go on forever about that <laughs> performance but in the film so if i start at the end at the end of the film is when we get that right yeah that's kind of when it starts to wrap up yeah yeah is that live aid it's kind of the culmination yeah, of the, yeah right so to me um it when you okay so the ending there is basically what it was filmed really well and it gave you the experience of being there yeah and i watched and I swear, and I'd like to find out if this is true or not, if it's just my imagination, but I'm watching some of the people in that audience and I'm like, that, and they had close-ups of them even, right? Mm. And, and that this is the film audience. And and there's some people that are older that would have been in their 20s or whatever in, yeah. in 1985. And, and I'm going, and they're crying. Yeah. And I can see it. And I'm like, they were there. I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteed they were there. They're, those extras were at the original mm. live aid and i don't know if that's true or not but i'm i could just see it i could see the emotion in their face yeah so that is that are they really really good extras, really good extras. <laughs> um just really feeling it but i really, I really underpaid extra yeah yeah but um, i can imagine that, that there, there would have been a lot of people that put their yeah. hand up to be extras that came uh, along yeah. that were at that original run yeah so anyway so so they and finished with that that to me envelops the whole yeah. of the reason for doing it the way yep. that they did it yeah and then and that is why they changed a couple of aspects leading up to that performance as well mm. because you know as, right. as far as the movie goes um because his diagnosis came could, after or he didn't tell them till after yeah it was something like that yeah. it wasn't i think it was something to do with that that wasn't their first performance after they Got back, got back together. together. Yeah, yeah. They made it out in the movie that it was fully the break first. up like no, a big yeah, way ever. Yeah. But yeah. it I think I think in what we said before is I think it gives you the right feeling mm. of you know exactly. and yeah, yeah. and it gives you the magnitude of or the importance of mm. that performance, which it was a really important performance. And and also because of what you said, like it's known as, you know, one of the greatest performances mm. ever. So Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I, I forgive it for those discrepancies. I didn't need to. See and when that. you've got the band, yeah. like okaying those kind of things, you kind of like, well, that. I mean, I think that says it all. You know, I love Sasha Baron Cohen, but mm. um, but I'm glad that his vision didn't come to fruition. Yeah, like that's not the film. I, that's the film I wanted to see about the music that I love. It was yeah. about the music and the people yeah. that brought us the music. Yeah. Right. And so the music had to be at the forefront, and the performance of that music had yeah. to come, 
had to be one pushing it to the forefront and then we didn't need to see but you know it never it didn't I think for over his, no i think his, for me it showed enough of for me i know some people like like you're saying like some people are like i want to see more you know it's not true to his story and stuff like that but for me i think it showed enough of that to to be true to that mm. but still being about the music and about the legend yeah, and about yeah, yeah. the the legend that he was and the band was you mm. know not just you know focusing on all those the nitty-gritty yeah, yeah, details yeah. of the other stuff yeah but, no, absolutely man yeah. I, I totally agree like the the his sexuality was a major plot point but it yeah. didn't didn't just like and you know there was a couple of times it showed the sort of wild parties that they would have and yeah you know the craziness and the chaotic chaotic nature of their parties where you know everyone would be just still you know vomiting on the floor and sleeping but you didn't need <laughs> again it was about the music man it was like that's that's what queen was all about like yeah we didn't need the the the, the nastiness yeah. or whatever yeah. you didn't need that um not it was made for the fans mm. i think yeah yeah i agree yeah and so yeah so because so I, i'm really grateful to brian may and the crew for um you know and, and roger etc for making this film the way they did I thought yeah. it was fantastic and that's why it's my number five even though it's a it can be a controversial one it seems but yeah it felt it felt so good watching that that ending to me yeah. it just summarized sort of summed up what they were going for yep yeah um yeah definitely I Lin- linda and i saw um we will rock you when we were in london oh yeah like back in 2008 or whatever it was i think uh was it Brian May comes out at the end and like plays, <laughs> which was awesome. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just talking about, you know, Queen and stuff. And that was, I think, a really, like for me, that kind of reignited my, you know, like right. love for Queen. And then, and then I think when I saw this movie again, you know, it's like the same thing. Like you just, um, they did such a good job of the music. And I think that was a, a big focus. Like you said, it was for the fans and, mm. and I, you know, again, like I've found myself putting on my, um, like I've got an LP of greatest hits and, um, you know, you can chuck it on there and, and listen to Queen. <laughs> it makes you want to go home and start like right, listening yeah, to yeah. Queen. I mean, I remember when it, um, Wayne's World brought Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. back, you know, and actually it ended up peaking at number two on the billboard. That's right. It came back into Wayne's the charts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some 20 years after or whatever. Did you hear the story about how they didn't want um, didn't want it in the film didn't want it in the film yeah, yeah, yeah but Mike fought for it he yeah. fought for it yeah and so they gave in eventually yeah, yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna <laughs> which is pretty gutsy for yeah. someone who was relatively unknown yeah. at the time <laughs> he was gonna quit the movie he said like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah how cool is that um, was, yeah and like I mean jeez <laughs> iconic scene so cool um, but yeah I think you know and, uh, just uh um, sorry, <laughs> going on a bit. But um, the like you said at the end, you know that that performance and Rami Malek's performance is outstanding. Mm. Um, I think I'm not sure if I got this right, but I think they actually he sung, but they I think for some of it, they mixed his voice with Freddie Mercury. They mixed his voice, Freddie Mercury, and they had one other voice, this a Canadian singer. Ah, right, yeah, yeah and blended them together blended them together but then for some of it's just him mm. but um for the big i guess performances mm. yeah but yeah, i um, mean freddie mercury had 
arguably a four octave range officially a three octave range which is big enough yeah. um but they say huge. you could stretch it sometimes to even a four octave wow. um so that's that's huge yeah yeah but that that performance i mean watching you know that scene of um live aid like mm. it's I know you feel like when you're watching that in the movie it's like you're you're at the concert like you yeah, almost yeah. feel like you're at the concert like it's mm. it's so well done the music's well done everything's awesome um it did pretty good at the box office pretty good when i say pretty good it smashed it yeah it, i remember um, it lasting for quite a while yeah it, it did it stayed on the screens for yeah. quite a while yeah as, you, as you'd know um managing a theater it had a budget of 52 million so you know uh modest but i mean decent yeah and um it took it pretty much took that in in its opening weekend just in the usa alone so its opening mm. weekend took in 51 in the usa so yeah, well. it pretty much made it back its first opening weekend in the USA alone and then uh, ended up grossing 216 in the USA and cumulatively around the world uh, 903, almost 904 million. So it, That's the key is that opening weekend. If it does well in the States opening weekend, then right. they're like... Sweet. And that's why so many have been held back because they want that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's that's my number five as well as your number five. So that yes. was, that's very worthy, I think. Um, you know, screw the haters. Yeah, definitely. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. All right, what's your number four? Number four. My number four is Straight Outta Compton. Okay. Here we go. Speak a little truth and people lose their mind. This isn't the Crips and Bloods. This is a threat from the federal government. They're trying to tell us what we can't play. This ain't going your way. Yo, Drake, what up? I got something to say. We can keep going, man. We can take over the goddamn world. Got a little dust of wind and I'm dead. Believe a memory, no one will be forgetting. So as I leave, believe I'm starving. But when I come back, boy, I'm coming straight out of town. N.W.A. when they were around when I was younger, I didn't really listen to them because right, right. <laughs> I was oh well then no they had the clean versions of the songs back then you know like mm. they had clean versions of Straight Outta Compton and stuff so like I think that was back in the day when they actually made two records didn't they they cut they cut the song like they oh you'd have they, radio versions and they stuff. did a radio version mm. of a like a full radio version of a song not yeah, yeah. not a version where they just cut out the lyrics yeah like they actually changed the lyrics for the radio yeah. version of the song but but yeah I mean you know they're a huge influence on on music and i think i think the movie is just a, a really good telling of their story mm. i think the actors did a really good job uh with ice cube's son you know playing him which was kind of like watching ice cube a young version of ice cube yeah and uh cory hawkins playing dr dre um I think they all did a really good job, you know, a good performance of the characters. Um, and it gave you that, that feeling of, you know, what they were kind of going through at the time, mm. um, doing what they did and, and creating their music. Well, but, I might, you know, I have it just ahead of your one, so I might bring it up now and we'll discuss it together. As yeah, well. yeah. I can jump in on some things. <laughs> cool. Because, um, yeah, yeah, I had, I had that as my next one. So, yeah. after this, so I'm going to, but I was struggling, so number three. I, struggling with the juggling, as, as we say, like, yeah, so... I'm going to bring it up to be my number four as well. And so, yeah, I definitely think it's, yeah, it's a cool movie. And the acting yeah. was impeccable, man. Yeah. Like, like um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who was, who played Ice Cube. Yeah. I think they made sure that he was right for the role, you know. Mm. 
and they, they didn't, didn't just give it to him because he's a son. yeah yeah okay. obviously he's got the looks right but right, right, right. <laughs> but he had to be able to act as well yeah and he does an amazing job mm. like he's a he's a really good actor yeah yeah no um, definitely and and all of them were Corey Hawkins Dr. J Jason yeah. Mitchell Easy um, Neil Brown Jr. Aldous Hodge Paul Giamatti um, Paul Giamatti was, was a, a, ever yeah. reliable sort yeah. of um, you know minor character or, or yeah um, side character or whatever definitely. it is and, and he's always there Good character actor. As a solid, yeah. solid character actor. Uh, it was, I think for me, the acting was the highlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some arguments about fact versus fiction and stuff. Or is that, it's mainly to do with his but, kind of character? Is that right? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, because people will always, Jerry uh, especially when people are still alive. Yeah. You can argue that's not how it went down, but everyone's got different memories and different perspectives. I think, and yeah, and I think this movie is probably, I think it's pretty accurate from their perspective mm. like um yeah arguably, arguably. And, like I, I wasn't there amidst their story like yeah. you know so i was living in when was that like around, you know late 80s 90s so living between yeah, australia and new zealand and so all i had was their music yeah. um and for me this film gelled and vibed for me right? yeah yeah it felt right oh yeah that's how i kind of remember yeah. it if i yeah. from what i know of you know director it's a he's a quite a good director f gary gray yes yeah, yeah. um uh, fast and furious eight and italian job these are all other ones that he's done a man apart are all part of his or his um sort of catalog of films his filmography he also won an award for there's a cool bit of trivia tlc's waterfalls so he directed waterfalls ah yeah 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 i think it was produced by the surviving members of NWA. So, you know, of course, yeah. you would have had their slant on it. Yep. You wouldn't have had Easy es perspective, I guess, as no. strongly. Yeah. Um, but I feel this film spoke lessons from history for the present. Some of yeah. it is quite pertinent even to today. Yeah. Things we can learn for today. He directed, sorry, he directed Friday as well. And um, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. So, oh, excuse me, brother. What we call drugs is 74th Street Baptist Church. We call us sin is sin, sin. Well, around here, between Normandy and Weston, we call this here a little twin and twin twin. Wow. Nigga. Why don't you just give him a little bit for my cataract? There you go. That's my new knowledge for the day. That was I before that. Waterfalls. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and he did a lot of music videos. Friday. He also directed man, the negotiator. I don't know how many times I watched Friday, man. I, I know. Count. Lost count. That's one of those movies you just watch when you had a VHS and you just like, <laughs> rewind, watch it again. We we had a like we, we lived in a flat. There was like a whole bunch of us who just lived in this flat as young adults. And Friday was the one that we just put on repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, Friday was a good movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, but NWA. Um, look, I think I mean, it did have some. To me, it had some kind of third act. I don't know if, I don't want to call them failings, but more flailings. Like it just it seemed yeah. a little bit sloppy in the third act, but um, I feel like it had built up <clears throat> enough points. Yeah, you know, in the first couple of acts to remain a winner. Do you think that was probably the hardest act for them probably. to tell as well? Probably, like, yeah. Uh, it was post success is always the hardest. Yeah, you know? and it was uh, I guess a, a difficult time for them as well because they had kind of you know on the separate ways and then multiple stories you're not ta- yeah, yeah. You're, ex- you're absolutely right I hadn't thought of it like that yeah. so before you had you know you had everyone coming together like you know you can talk it's about every, in, everyone's kind of... individual story but it's about their individual stories coming to form one Yeah. you know cohesively and, and they form this motley crew and then they 
move together. Yeah. You know, in the second act, they're moving together, and then of course, when there's, you know, there's there's death and there's everyone going their separate ways. It's kind of hard because now you got multiple perspectives. And yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to get a Tarantino who does that well. Um, yeah. To, to do the final act <laughs> or something, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, mm. maybe that's it. It was, but but like I said, it built up enough points for me yeah. anyway. It built up enough points in the first, you know, two thirds of the film. Yeah, for that not to be as big an issue. Yeah, it's yeah, forgivable. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, and just an enjoyable movie. All right, what's your number? What are we up to now? Number three. Number three. Oh, my number three. My number three is a little old movie called La Bamba. Para bailar La Bamba. In 1957, Ricardo Valenzuela had his family, his talent, and a dream. Rock and roll. Come on, baby, just rock. Look at my roots. Shine like a star. I really dig your music, and I'd like to record it. Richie Valens. Okay. Cool. Uh, so this is the biographical story of Richie Valens. Yes. Um, who was a, a rock and roll singer, mm-hmm. but short-lived, unfortunately. He died in the plane crash with uh, Buddy Holly, Holly and the Big Bopper. Mm. And um, he was only 17 at the time. Yeah. Um, so he had like kind of a, he rocketed to fame yeah. really quickly. Had a couple of hits. Yeah. Like overnight. Yep. and became a huge success overnight like you just said and then and then unfortunately his life was cut short mm. um and you know this is, just shows well this tells the story of his i guess struggles and then his quick rise to fame and yeah and um and then his untimely death mm. but uh lou diamond phillips plays um the part of richie valens i remember watching this one when i was younger and i loved it i just really good movie um it's a really interesting story um you know and i think you know because he kind of came from nothing mm. yeah it's just like a i guess starts out as a heartwarming story but right. um you know it's a it's a tragedy as well so yeah um it's, it's a romance as well yeah yeah mm. definitely and it shows the struggles within his family too like his right. brother was jealous of him and stuff like that right. and you know just i mean they he was young they were young he was like a well he was a teenager yeah, and definitely, you know, it's got a romantic storyline as well. Um, but yeah, it's just a really interesting story. Yeah, I've seen that actually quite a few times as well. And uh, Lou Diamond Phillips became a really cool sort of character of my youth. Yeah. Cool act, one of the the actors of your youth that you look up. That's yeah. just one of those. He did. I always, he for me, he was always one of those people that should have been, oh, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but mm. <laughs> like I've, I feel like... Uh, he got the hard, hard in the stick with you know some of his roles and stuff, and um, I guess for me he was a lot, he was a bigger deal than he mm. was for other people. But <laughs> yeah. it was like you said with that and Young Guns and you know um, some of the movies that he did. That is on my honourable mentions, just to give a spoiler. So um, <laughs> it's not in my top five, but it's definitely there as one of the ones that I've actually really enjoyed. If I go for ones that I just enjoy, then yeah. you know um, it would actually be here instead of this one. That is my um number three three gonna be my number four but i swapped it out for um so we could talk about the um nwa together sorry straight out of combat <laughs> oh that's right yeah yeah Switched around. 
But this one, you know what? The reason I'm bringing this one on is because this is the first movie that Maria and I saw on a date. Um, <laughs> and what a depressing movie to see <laughs> on a date. Like, honestly, it is a great movie. It's it's highly rated. Like, it's um, got a lot of critical value in there. And, uh, you know, it's uh, 8.5 on the IMDb ratings. And so it probably has a high Rotten Tomatoes ratings as well. But it is a music biopic based on a classic. It's probably one of the best, if not the best classic, based on a classical musician, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, and I know I'm going to say it wrong, but um, Vladislaw Spilman, who was a Polish-Jewish uh, pianist. This is the greatest pianist in Poland, maybe the whole world. No one plays Chopin like you. I hope that's a compliment. By order of the governor of the Warsaw district, there will be created a Jewish district in which all Jews will have to reside. You must get away at once. I'm not leaving. Can't I take my chances here? But I have to keep moving here. The Germans are hunting down indiscriminately now. Keep as quiet as possible. No one knows you're here. I want to help. I want to do something. Don't let them get you alive. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? And if you wrong us, shall we not revenge? And then he saw, uh, he was living in Warsaw and saw the change as World War II began. And then he was forced into a Warsaw ghetto. Um, and then he was separated from his family uh, due to Operation Reinhard. And from this time uh, until the concentration camp prisoners were released, he was hiding. So he just kept hiding in just different various locations, um, mostly around the ruins of Warsaw. And so it was just him just slowly becoming more decrepit and, you know, not being able to play his piano. So it was about a moment in his life, not about so much like some of the other music mm. biopics is about their, maybe their upbringing and maybe how they found fame or anything like that. But this was based on a musician who had to sort of hide himself and suppress his urge to... His talent. To his talent. Mm. Um, and, and until eventually he got... Well, he did get found um he got seen by by a a nazi um officer but his music sort of you know turned him a little bit and he actually gave him his coat and that sort of thing and Mm. um so it was a really beautiful story really uh really shocking uh really dark in moments but ultimately quite a, a beautiful story yeah harrowing um you know don't know how many you know when you're trying to describe the holocaust yeah, yeah you know it's it's a hard one to describe and um i imagine it's harder for the people that actually were there and been involved yeah but just you know looking at it um with historical hindsight you know it's a really hard one to describe but that was adrian brody's breakout yeah performance and he did you was, say what it was did i just, not say it i don't know oh, if you said the title the pianist okay sorry <laughs> The pianist. After all, okay. So the pianist. Yeah, my bad. You might have. I don't. I don't think I did. If you did, I missed. I think it. I said it was about a pianist. So, yeah. Um, 
So I said pianist, and I know, and it's, I, I know who, it's penis. But and you said who it, it, was, who it was about too. I did say yeah. who it was about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it was based on his autobiography, um, in fact, uh, which was, and the full title of the autobiography is "The Pianist: The Extraordinary True Story." I gotta be careful. We used to crack up because we did have a teacher that used to like <laughs> say it so close to the line, and the whole all student body would laugh, and he would not know why we were laughing. But what are you laughing? At? What are you guys laughing at? And it's just the way you're saying pianist. Um, okay, so um, why are you laughing at my pianist? The extraordinary true story of one man's survival in Warsaw, 1939 to 1945. So it's a it's a long title, but. Um, it's this adaptation of the autobiography and it's, it's quite, it's, it's a, it's a grand film. It's, it's big, but it's small. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Cause it, it, it's obviously a big story, but it zeroes in yeah. on one person's story. Like it's, it's surrounded by a big story. If that mm. makes sense. Of course it's world war two for goodness sake. And it's, it's Nazi occupation and death and murder and you know all yeah. this sort of stuff but but it's it comes in on one person's um you know their experience with it all and so yeah so just as a nod to the fact that it was um maria and i's first date movie that's a really um, good movie yeah yeah it is sad though and it's just, yeah, yeah i don't know how the i feel topic, about guess, roman, like, roman polanski i was gonna say it's person. roman polanski yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure how i feel about him personally but um but as a director he's just amazing yeah yeah i'm 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 just trying to click on his name and it's taking me to an error page (laughs) i was like oh Oh, really Uh. (laughs) anyway so yeah so that this was um you know it was it was brilliant it was visually just it was immaculate it was it was stunning yeah it was um it was just a gorgeous flick. Yeah, can't can't give it enough superlatives. And it made it had a budget of thirty five million and made one hundred and twenty million, so it did it did quite well. So that's my <coughs> number three. It was going to be my number four, but it became my number three, and I could put it there anyway without yeah. any hesitation. That was really, that. yeah. I guess mm. it's a really good movie. I actually, it was one that I when we were originally thinking of doing the list, I had thought about it. And right. I, I don't know if it would have ended up in my top five or not, but it was definitely there I thought thoughts. about it being yeah, yeah. in my top five, and then and then I actually just totally forgot about it because I saw so many other different movies, and then yeah. until you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, right, the right. pianist. I will walk away from this going like, oh yeah, that one, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that's how it works. You know, <laughs> my number three. Wait, no, my number two. Oh, we have to number two. Yeah. Okay, my number two is Walk the Line. Okay. Johnny Cash. <laughs> yep. He was hit by a truck, and you were lying out in that gutter dying, and you had time to sing one song. One song that would let God know what you felt about your time here on earth. One song that would sum you up. That's the kind of song that truly saves people. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Came up with that sound. Is that like a train? Sharp like a razor? We'd play faster if we could. The taste of love is sweet. We're all going to hell for the songs we sang. And what about me, Charlie? Am I going to hell? No, Jim. You're beautiful. <laughs> Bound by wild desire, I fell into a ring. Sorry, just 
try taking credit for something every once in a while. Come on, baby. Baby, 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 baby. from performing any tunes that remind the inmates that they're in prison. I think they forgot. The Ring of Fire. Joaquin Phoenix, Reese Witherspoon. And what's with the black? It's like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. Walk the line. Awesome movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, always, I feel like I'm always saying this, it's obviously a big criteria for me, but it's the performance of Joaquin Phoenix mm. is outstanding, yeah, and yeah. and also Reese Witherspoon. Oh, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I and I, th- I correct me if I'm wrong, but he did all of his own singing for Walk the Line, I, I think, so. and guitar. Which I, I mean, that makes sense for him as well. Mm. But yeah, I think he gives an outstanding performance of you know playing Johnny Cash. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't show Johnny Cash like uh, what am I trying to say? Like it shows his, it's, yeah, it's not putting him up on yeah, a pedestal, no, but at the same time, it gives it does honor him as mm. well. Like it, I think it it, walk, it walks the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it, it does, you know, walk that line of uh, you know showing his pitfalls, but also showing what made him great. It comes back to what we were talking about with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody as well. Like mm. the like people like that, you don't. I don't know if if you're a a huge fan, especially then you do have them up on a pedestal and right. you know like you i mean certainly acknowledge you know some of the things struggled that they struggled with but um you know you don't want to go too much the other way and just show all the stuff that right. you know kind of takes takes that away i guess yeah you know, it takes well, all like that we're away speaking about them. with bohemian rhapsody you know yeah you don't want, yeah you don't, don't want dive to, too deep into the the ugliness that's right yeah because there's you want to celebrate the music yeah yeah because that's how we came to know him yeah 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 exactly so yeah it's that same thing i think yeah. um I think they do that really well in this movie, you know, showing his struggles, but then mm. also, you know, showing how great he was as well. Mm. So. Yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. I actually do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could, I, and I could have it in my top five. Re- really could. Yeah. Uh, I've gone with my favorite. I, I think this would probably be if I went favorites. This would be my number six. Oh yeah. Yeah. If I had to put it somewhere close to what I've already got. Yeah. This is definitely there. It was, it was a hard one not to put on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, James Mangold directed a great director. It's just it's 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 unabashed. It yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Like Johnny Cash was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just just told the story fairly straight. You know the issues that he had. Yeah. Um, I mean Robert Patrick played Ray Cash. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good too. He was um, really good. There's a cool. Um, he's. Uh, I like Robert Patrick. If you watch the the credits, um, watch Robert Patrick's name. Yeah. And you'll see his name. It's it's a cheeky little thing from the I guess whoever created yeah. the credits. His name goes through the bars, kind of the same way that he did in Terminator Two. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just look out for it if you watch it again. I yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah. Um, awesome. But yeah, Reese Witherspoon um, was fantastic. Yeah, as June. Yeah, as June Carter. June Carter. Mm. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm down with that one, man. Definitely. Cool. Uh, Walk the line, I love it. And like I said, it's it's it was close to top five for me. Mm. Okay, so my number one is... No, my number two, sorry. 
<laughs> my number two is I'm all over the place. I give it away too early. I can't give it away too early. Sorry, 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 sorry. So my number two, look, this is uh oh, I saw this when it close to when it came out as a young kid and I liked it back then, even though it's kind of an it's not a kid movie and I definitely yeah. was a kid. Well, no, it wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been not when it first came out because 1980 and I would have just been like kindergarten. I'm intrigued. Yeah, but it's just a little bit after that and I still liked it and I remember it resonating enough that I wanted to rediscover it when I was a, like a teenager and so I rediscovered it as a teenager and it doesn't seem like the type of movie that a teenager would want to go and seek out. Um, it, it came out in 1980. It is a film about the life of Loretta Lynn who at 88 is still working, by the way. She is still performing, wow. and that is coal miner's daughter. Well, I was born to coal miner's daughter in a cabin on a hill in Butcher Hollow. We were poor, but we had love. That's the one thing my daddy made sure of. Loretta's getting to be a woman, going on 14. I feel like I'm all faint. Well, that's the way you're supposed to feel when you're in love. Mr. Ms. Webb, me and Loretta is fixing to get married. Promise me, boy, don't you never hit her. Sorry, Loretta, but you told me. I just need a little more time. You need a little more time to learn how to love your man the way you're supposed to. I do, are you leaving? There ain't nothing for me in Kentucky, Loretta. Too fast. In my life. Dude, if it's gonna break us up, I'll quit. Successful people don't quit, baby. Not much left but the She's a real character in real mm. life, you know. She even she just put out an album with Jack White in like really? the mid 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> in the mid 2000s, she put out an album with Jack White. He always wanted to work with her and work with her. He did. Oh. Um, she just got married to Kid Rock. There's an asterisk there. She got married. There's a. <laughs> it, it was like a fun. She, they're, they're really good friends, and uh, I think it was her daughter or granddaughter or something was getting <laughs> married, and then Kid Rock was playing around, and there was a minister there, and he married them. But it was kind of a. <laughs> yeah yeah and then Kid Rock's fiance said For something fun. about it and she's like come at me or something like this. yeah but she's, she's like 88 years old wow. and so she's a real character and um, and this film it was what was the song uh, Coal Miner's Daughter I saw mm. the name uh, it was a, a song first then an album title then the title of her biography and then um, then it became a film and mm. the film just followed her life from dirt poor um dirt floor even impoverished childhood in butcher hollow kentucky through to her success as a country superstar and wow um and, and i think the film what i like about it is the film perfectly it showcases perfectly her struggles with balancing marriage family and music mm. and her music career yeah and it's cool because she was like a um her husband, it's also cool the, the relationship she had with her husband because he was, she was um, just, just a sh shade shy of 16, I believe, when she got married to um, Doolittle Lynn, who was four years older than her, I think. Um, so a little bit older, four to six years, I can't quite remember, but just a few years older and um, very young marriage. Yeah. 
and um, they soon had a large family. But he just he felt that she had something, and he recognized her musical talent. So he went and bought her a guitar, and then just as an anniversary present one year, and then encouraged her from there. Like they had a really rocky relationship, and this film showed it. He was an alcoholic, he was mm-hmm. a womanizer, all that sort of stuff. But he was also very supportive of her and her career. So it was very much. And she says, even to this day, he died, you know, quite a few years ago um, of diabetes. And she said, you know, I'd still be with him to this day, sitting by his bedside. I know he was, you know, she uses choice words. She goes, <laughs> and he would, he would fight, but and I would fight back. You know, if he pulled my hair, I'd pull his hair. If he, and then she tells a story actually of when he came home drunk one night and. She was so upset with him that she punched him and knocked out two of his teeth. <laughs> and then she got scared. And then, but then he started laughing and and then he tells a story to all his mates about how his wife knocked his teeth out. <laughs> so she's that kind of character, if you can imagine. Like you know, and this this film just encapsulated it well. And Sissy Spacek was the actress, um, and she was nominated for well, the film was nominated sorry for seven Academy Awards, and she won Best Actress for that mm. for her portrayal of Lynn. Um, Tommy Lee Jones played Doolittle. Oh. Um, yep. And uh, you had Beverly D'Angelo. So they have a really good cast. It's I haven't seen it. But it is, yeah, it's one, because it's, it, it's come up a few times, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, looking through things. So I'll have to watch it. Well, um, the director was actually um, Michael Apted. You might know his name from a film that you brought up last week in the Val Kilmer list which was um, Thunderheart. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he oh, also directed go. Gorillas in the Mist, Gorky Park, so he's got a good... Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely good, have to watch it, yeah. Yeah. So no, I really dug it. So that's my number two. Awesome. And yeah, and it did pretty well at the box office too. Three million um, opening weekend. Actually, I don't know what its budget was. It doesn't have... Um, didn't give us an estimate on its budget. But I'm going to say... Surely that would have been pretty, pretty good pretty back slim, then. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, 1980, and it made 67 million around the world. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna imagine that it probably did quite well. Success. It was a success. Yes. Not that that's, you know, a telltale of of how good a film is. No. But it's just interesting to see how the world accepts. Yep. Some of these films that we that we love. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So, what are your honourable mentions? You got some? Uh, well, the pianist. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna put the doors in there. Yep, definitely. Um, yeah. And uh, especially for uh, what we well, talked Bell about Kilmer's last time, Bell Kilmer's performance is key for that one. For if, me. if I if I had my top five list based on performances alone, mm. then he, that would definitely be in the top yeah. five list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, the embodiment of Jim Morrison. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm going to put in Selena. Um, I've never seen it. Oh, right, really? Okay. Yeah, it, but it's, again, one that comes up yeah. all the time. <laughs> Well, I, I, I put it in there because I hadn't seen it until I got married and it was quite a few years into marriage, but because my wife is, she was a fan of Selena because yep. well, she's Latina. Um, she's from Nicaragua. Um, I'm not sure. Selena Mexican, I think. I'm going to put in Selena and I'm, I'm giving it, you know. Next, um, she was like Mexican American. Yeah, she's she was Mexican American. And um, I'm putting that in there as a um, tribute to my wife. She's a Latina musician as well. And she loves Selena. And I first saw it, she she showed me Selena and I really enjoyed it. And I think Jennifer Lopez did a fantastic job. Mm. That was kind of pretty much her breakthrough as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so definitely she earned a Golden Globe nomination um, for that. It was her first leading role. And it set her on the path to superstardom or Jennifer Lopez. So or J-Lo, Jenny from the Block. 
Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, <laughs> I, lo- I love that one. Um, what else you got? Um, there's a few that I like. There's actually a couple that I've wanted to watch that I haven't yet. Like right. I'm not there. I keep coming up on my list. And uh, you know what? That should be on our list according to every other list. Yeah. And I haven't seen that one either. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Um, I um, don't know I, why. I've got to watch it. It's mm. so like I uh, we've talked about it before, but like it's it's a movie that I've wanted to watch for ages. Right. Right. Never got around to. Okay. Um, and now I have to watch it because. <laughs> Uh, like like we said, we should apparently it's a lot of people's number one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had La Bamba, as I said before. Um, yeah, I've got uh, Tina Turner's um, What's Love Got to Do with It. That's another one I haven't seen. Oh right, yeah, no, it's, it's so, really good. Um, I've heard uh, that Angela that was Bassett. Really good. Sorry, she yeah, that's that right. was yeah. She, she is it Lawrence Fishburne and Lawrence Fishburne yeah. played Ike Turner, and both of them were just excellent. Yeah, yeah. definitely there. Um, I don't know if Eight Mile counts as a music biopic, but well, I was going to mention that actually, and it's, I guess it's not a strict mm. biopic, but it's okay. loosely based, isn't it? Right. On his. Well, life. I'm wondering because um, it hasn't been brought up if we're going to be saying the same one. <laughs> Give me the same one. I'm not 100% sure. Sid and Nancy is on my, on my um, honorable mentions as well. I don't know if you've seen that one, but I, you know, um, being into I'm punk. I'm almost embarrassed to say now, but I haven't seen yeah, that one Okay. Um, no, don't be embarrassed. There's so many movies out there. I know. But that's a really that's a really good movie, and that again, that was one that was close to hitting my top five. Mm-hmm. That one, I think I told you before, like I actually did have it in my top five, yeah. but it was so long ago ah, that yeah. I'd seen it that I just couldn't. I didn't feel like I could, you know, give an educated talk about talk, it. Yeah, you know, talk about it, um, you know, well and articulately. Yeah, you know, I'd struggle, yeah. but I just it does remain as a, a movie that has resonated through time yeah. with me, and I remember it being an excellent movie, and I have to rewatch it again to really be able to talk about it properly. But yeah, yeah, yeah um, one actually, another one that we talked about recently, mm. but, um, the Green Book, is kind oh, of yeah, a okay. musical biopic as well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. Huh. That was a really good I movie. Thought of that. I didn't think of it either. Yeah, but right. I just <laughs> thought of it then. Okay. Um, Notorious. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was that was decent. Mm. Um, Another one I want to see, and I've uh, I don't I think it's one that's probably it kind of flew under the radar for some people, but mm. uh, Love and Mercy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I really want to see that, um, but I haven't watched, I haven't got around to watching that yeah. one yet. Yeah, no, I've seen that one. It's decent. Um, yeah, I, I like it. Amadeus is not, not bad, actually. You know what? Amadeus pops up on top ten lists all the time, or top twenty lists at least, and. Mm. I know it's in my top 30, but it's yeah. not bad. I, I Cause I love Mozart. I just didn't like the American accents. It was in a time <laughs> when it was in a time when you had to have an American accent, no matter where in the, where yeah, the world was yeah. set, you know, remember? And I think, you know what happened? I think it was my theory is that Robin Hood changed it. Like when, when Kevin Costner did Robin Hood in an American accent, yeah. it was too far. Yeah, and, and I think everyone, everyone goes, was like, wait what? a minute, what? <laughs> this is a classic, English just legend. try <laughs> just, British accent or get a get a British person or try and do a British accent whatever and then yeah. so because or English accent and then because of that I think anyway I think because if you look at it you look at film after that you start to see English actors coming to the foot the accent yeah. different accents coming in yeah um, yeah I remember Russell Crowe talking about it and it was circa that time and he he refused to do an American Prince accent for one of his that movie where he rescued Meg Ryan. I can't remember what it's called. It wasn't. I saw Yeah, yeah. 
but I remember he he kind of like talked to the directors and he said why can't I have my Australian accent you know and they ended up giving it to him and oh, yeah. allowing it and that was so there was a catalyst there but I, I remember yeah. Robin Hood but yeah so so sorry that's that's me vamping on Amadeus no. like it was a good movie but there was just a couple of I was trying to think of me. yeah I was trying to think of the sub it was Robin Hood Prince of Thieves that yes, one Robin yeah. Hood, Thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching that when it came out mm. and that could have been a good movie with Anyway. yeah i think I, I like at the time I, I would have been 10 when that came right, out right 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 so and i enjoyed noticed. it i enjoyed yeah. it at the time yeah no it bugged me for whatever i haven't actually watched it so probably going back now and watching it again right. might be like oh. <laughs> so um but when i when i looked up some movies just to refresh my memory i was looking at quite a few that i thought hey yeah I, i'm i'd love to watch that again and re- remind myself or yeah. i'd love to see that even for the first time so yeah um but yeah, Love and Mercy is definitely, uh, I, I, that was one that I did watch when I was tired. So I'm going to go back and rewatch it with another yeah. brain. But, um, is that Paul Dano? Oh, and Brian Wilson. Yeah. And um, John Cusack? Uh, John Cusack, yeah. yeah. I mean, because that was a, that's a, a quite a interesting story because Brian Wilson, and he spiraled into depression. It's, it's spoken about in a way as if it was bu- partly because of the challenge that he felt he um, faced him trying to, come up against the Beatles like you saw it as a, uh, a competition yeah. almost and like you know they so they brought out Pet Sounds and yeah he ended up deep diving into depression but Pet Sounds was a was, a, was an amazing album yeah uh, but yeah yeah, I'd love to um, see that one again and watch it with more of an alert brain and I think I'd get, get more out of it Elizabeth Banks is in it as well um, yeah oh yeah Paul Giamatti who we talked about before yeah awesome all right, cool. So, you ready for your number one? Yes. Let's do it. I feel Let's... like it might be the same. Okay, so... Because you haven't mentioned it. <laughs> I haven't mentioned it. I haven't mentioned it. It was... You know what? If, As I said before, like, if it was based on just character portrayal... Yeah. Um, uh, Jim Morrison would be in there, or sorry, Val Kilmer would be in this list, right? Yeah. And this one would remain there too. Yeah. Uh, maybe if it was just character portrayal... It, it'd definitely be even in the top three yeah possibly in top one I think maybe Val Kilmer's the skin was tight around Val, Val Kilmer's performance maybe I don't know I, I can't be sure maybe I'm juggling these two so I don't know I'm just I, trying, I, I'm trying I, to I think it's a hard call it's between a hard them. call definitely yeah. man so is your, yours a one word title yeah alright 2004 film it is 2004 and it is Ray Ray cool. <laughs> Ray, I ain't gonna beat around the bush with you. You going blind. The doctor saying nothing they can do, so we gotta do it ourselves. Remember how many stairs there were? Four. Good. Now what we gonna do, I'm gonna teach you three notes. And this is the first note right here. Look at that. How y'all doing tonight? Charles saw the world in ways no one could imagine. I hear like you see, like that hummingbird outside the window, for instance. I can't hear, huh? You hear that? A heart just gave to be. <laughs> he broke barriers no one thought possible. If you want me to do something special, I'm gonna need my own band. Okay, but you're gonna have to make it work, Ray. Yeah, well, I'm gonna make it do what it do, baby. <laughs> yeah. what no one else dared. Nobody's ever combined R&B and gospel before. You're turning God's music 
nigga in the six. All of y'all going straight to hell. If all of y'all want me to keep playing, let me hear you say amen. Hey, you know I had my eye on y'all night long. He feels a risk because he figures that's the way to tell she's good looking or not. worth losing everything. And I can honestly... Ray, this isn't some judge in Indiana. Our lawyers will do what they can, but... When I walk out that door, I walk out alone in the dark. I'm trying to do something that nobody ever done in music and business. The innovator of soul, Ray Charles! We're giving you a state-of-the-art deal here. Since I'm producing my own records, I was wondering if I could uh, own my masters, too. Ray, we've never done that before. That's a better deal than Sinatra gets. Yeah. Jamie Foxx. Ray. A Taylor Hackford film. Yeah, I think he nailed it on the head. I mean, and like I said before, his performance was like yeah. out, outstanding. So good. But it's also a, just, a, it's a good movie. Mm. Um, I know you can't say enough to, yeah. Uh, so Jamie Foxx played Ray, for those that haven't seen it. Sorry, yep. So Ray Charles. So Ray's about Ray Charles, we should say. So yeah, not Ray Thistlethwaite from Thirsty Milk. It's about Ray Charles. Um <laughs> And we like we all know like I knew Char- Ray Charles was blind, but I assumed he was blind from birth. Um, so this yeah. story, yeah, I had as well, right? Yeah, and so I think that might be the case for a lot of people who hadn't didn't before the movie was seen. And um, so that was really good and quite confronting to see the struggles of this child. Yeah. You know, at the age of seven, I think he he um, contracted um, uh, glaucoma mm. and uh, and then became. F- or he became fully blind by the time he was seven, sorry. So, you know, this is the struggles of becoming blind. That's such a scary, harrowing experience for anyone, let alone a child, right? And so so that actually gave weight to the film and I can't remember who the child actor was, but he played out of his skin as well. CJ Sanders. Yeah, okay. So CJ Sanders, I wonder what he's gone on to do. It'd be cool to quickly look that up as well. But, you know, but just what a, what an amazing sort of story to show this person that that sort of fell into blindness and then still had and the mum you know and just watching the mum and the way she treated him yeah with such with so much respect for his abilities and potential mm. that she didn't see on the spectrum of love you can go either way you can you can go to you know, if love sits in the middle, you can go to complete disregard and, um, you know, and, and even hate. And on the extreme other end of love, you've got enabling. Right? Yep. So in the mm. middle is where this mum sat. She did not enable him. Mm. She pushed him to be his best. You know, when there was that scene, I think where it was, I can't remember, he was trying to find something or get up the steps or something like that. He kept falling over anyway. And he's yeah. trying to remember that. And, yeah. and he was calling out for his mom, mom. And he's just this, you know, young seven year old. Mm. Mom, help me. 
and she would not help him because she needed him to find his feet on his own. Yeah. You know, and in the most loving way, is that tough love sort of way. And anyway, all those sort of things. That, so these characters that were real characters, real life characters, the actors just portrayed them in such a way that was just so heart wrenching <clears throat> and emotionally, you know, and pulling and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, like, it, yeah, it makes me feel like I can feel it just like listening mm. to you talk about it. And, right, right. Um, he was nine, by the way, just uh, oh, nine he lost he, his sight. And his brother was seven. Gotcha. And he, yeah. That's giving away anything, but <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, he had you know a couple of rough things happen to him when he was young, and I guess shaped his life. And yeah, it's an interesting story. Yeah, really, really well done, really well acted by and, everyone actually. Yeah, and and I think the Jamie Fox gives the film a lot of soul, and yeah. um, which matches the soul. Um, that is you know that is found within Ray Charles's music mm. so it was a perfect marriage like Jamie Foxx and man, you nailed it bro yeah and he did all the singing didn't he as yes. well yeah yeah and yeah that was well, he's an incredible singer in oh, he is yeah. yeah but um, you know just again to act <laughs> to mm. act as well as he did and then to sing and sound like you know mm. Ray Charles oh. yeah yeah, outstanding and I'm sure like like we've said about other biopics that you know it can frustrate I'm sure there are frustrated people who claim to be insiders um, but yeah. you know so that's not how it happened or didn't happen this way because again everyone's got different perspectives but to me there was nothing overly glossy and yeah. again that performance by Jamie Foxx like I said it was as soulful as Ray's music and mm. played the part powerfully uh, he deservedly won the Academy Award yeah. for best actor that year um he, he delivered a powerful performance so, uh yeah to, to me that the highlight was was jamie fox yeah yeah definitely that, that, that's what made the movie story direction all that was great but jamie fox was just yeah on point on point man yeah yeah 75.3 million at the box office in u.s mm-hmm. grossed right. which is pretty good i don't have the how much it cost but all right it did pretty well, especially for that kind of movie. Mm. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Just it's that performance that really gives it that edge. Because I mean, he really does like he embodies like all his mannerisms and mm. even, like his look. He looks like him, and uh, he's just got that side, performance yeah. down to a T. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like side by side, Ray Charles at that age. Mm. Like I mean, you'd almost not be able to tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they had a budget of forty million and uh worldwide so yeah worldwide it grows to 123 yeah mm. so yeah so so yeah so it made its money back and, and then some what a joyful movie really mm. just just a great movie and just that sort of to i don't know you you walk out feeling invigorated it's one of those movies yeah. you know you feel good you feel like wow if this kid can can do it and become a success yeah you know you know through all of his trials yeah, it's like you said before, like his, his mother, you know, showed that kind of love. Uh, she mm. taught him not to feel sorry for himself mm. and, you know, that he had to he had to do things by himself, like not there wasn't going to always be someone there to to help. And I think they show that really well in the movie. And then later on when people try and take advantage of him, you know, and he's, he's pretty um, onto it. Right. It was directed by um, 
sorry, it was directed by Taylor Hackford, and he's not that notable as a film director. Uh, per se, he doesn't have a whole lot, a few TV movies and those sorts of things, but he's most noted for his work with um, and with musicians and doing their video documentaries or music videos and those sorts of things. Mm. So I think that helped as well because he was obviously a lover of music yeah. and a fanboy of music and he knew music really well. So he did a documentary on Chuck Berry, for example, and um, Lionel Richie, um, uh, Phil Collins did a video short for him and so oh, all these sorts oh, of things. Yeah. And so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. So he was all primed, I think, and ready for Ray. And, mm, uh, and mm. I really think it was directed well. If you're looking for a good music biopic and you're not and you haven't seen Ray yet, uh, I mean, that's um, I guess there's a few movies that you could point out that I haven't seen or that <laughs> haven't seen. I'm sure that Luke the Jukebox yeah, hasn't seen. Just but, said quite a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right. Um, he did that when we were kings as well. That Muhammad Ali. Right. Oh, Muhammad Ali. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, was that? Oh, really? When we were kings. Yeah. You know what else he did? Proof of Life, which was the movie I was trying to remember. Oh, with Meg Ryan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, I knew it would come around. Full so. circle. Full circle. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, good, enough. good stuff. Um, yeah. But Russell finally got to use his Australian accent. <laughs> 2000 so yeah so that's my top five um your top five and we did that just as a little bit of a sort of a subtle nod to good old chadwick boseman who the late great chadwick was quite uh noted for for predominantly playing uh real life characters you know historical figures really important historical figures and bringing their lives to the screen and so we thought yeah let's jump on that Let's do some biopics. We chose music biopics and um, and have just given you our favorite five tonight. So uh, thank you for listening. Let us know what your favorite are. Uh, my name is Nate Hammond and this is... Luke Ormsby. Luke the Jukebox Ormsby. Luke the Jukebox <laughs> And we're signing off. Ton of pop. I sing this song I sing for
Actually, uh, I. Uh, well, Dave actually. Oh, yeah, he told me too. Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. yeah he cool. said, uh, yeah, why not? I want to hear your top five Tarantino. All right. <laughs> I was like, ooh, ooh, All okay. Right. All right. I'm down with that. <laughs>